you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. Joshua chapter 1. Excited about the message God's laid on my heart. Tried to study yesterday at the uh, marriage retreat and it just didn't work. And so, um, because I had that focused on my mind. But it was such a wonderful time. I've been trying to trace back when our first retreat was. It was at Tally Ho Inn in Townsend, Tennessee. And if anybody was there, let me know. Amen. I don't think I was there because I can't remember it. But uh, I think I was there. But it was Tally Ho. And I need to find the year. Okay? Because I know we're 25 years is awesome preaching August. I think that was our 20th year doing couples retreats. And we do three or four outside the church per year. And somebody right after the service, right after the retreat came up and said, I want to I want to suggest we do one in the fall and spring. So I'm praying about that, but I think I'll really pray about it. Amen. Okay, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 through 18. I want to preach on grasshoppers or breakfast for champions. Grasshoppers or breakfast for champions. I'm glad you looked up at that title. Praise God, buddy. Amen. That's good. I got his attention. And you know, in the old days, the pilgrims used to go by and tap people on the head that fell asleep. You know, today, we're going to have ushers come and collect cell phones when you're on it while I'm preaching. So that would be a modern day tap on the head. Say amen. Praise God. There is no message more important than this text. Amen. No message. Amen. We can, in my day, we used to have pagers and we'd stop at a phone booth. When's the last time you've seen a phone booth? Amen. Brother Stephen Baker used to have a phone booth ministry, Brother Kevin. He'd go and put tracks on phone booths. I mean, that's real spiritual, praise God, because I had to sit there and talk and see it. And, uh, and uh, we had another church at uh, the uh, uh, motel that we were staying at, a hotel. And they said, I knew you was here, Brother Wayne, because there's tracks all over the place. Hallelujah. And that was a good testimony. Amen. I appreciate it. It's probably John Carver, but it was a good testimony. Say, so, amen, that uh, somebody was putting tracks in the elevator. And, and they had 125 couples at their couples retreat. But I'll just stick with the 30, uh, the 15, 16 we had because it was more intimate. Amen. We're not going to have a convention. We're going to have a time of sharing and loving and uh, togetherness. And that was such a blessing. All right, I want to finish this chapter. I've been trying to do that for the last two messages. But I want you to stand on the Word of God. And uh, verse 8 through 18, we'll try to cover this morning. If we don't, uh, we'll let Brother Kevin continue this tonight. Amen. No. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mightest observe to do... That's a key word, according to all that's written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. How many want to be successful? Raise your hand. Nobody wants to be a failure, do you? It says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be, be not afraid, neither be thou dismay, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. Then, here's the text, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan and go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth to you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God hath given you rest and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren 
armed all mighty men of valor and helped them. Until the Lord have given you brethren rest as he hath given you and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return and enjoy it which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of Jordan towards the sunrising. And they answered Joshua saying, listen to the response, this is great. And they answered to Joshua saying, all that thou commandest us we will do and whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we have hearkened unto Moses in all things, so we will hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth, doth rebel against thy commandments. Now listen. And will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this message that I'm about to deliver. And Lord, these folks didn't come here on a time change Sunday morning to hear a message from Wayne or a message from a human or a message from a preacher. God, they came to hear a message from heaven. And so Lord, please, please help me to deliver that message from heaven. God, help us to take it as from the Lord. We'll praise you for what you do in and through this message. Into our hearts, we pray. Amen. Grasshoppers or breakfast for champions? Where in the world did that message come from? Where did that title come from? Well, it comes from Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14. If you go back on the background of this passage of Scripture, we see that the Amalekites dwelt in the land of the south and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites dwelt in the mountains and the Canaanites dwelt by the sea and by the coast of the Jordan. A lot of enemies. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. That's chapter 13 of Numbers, verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. It's good to have people that will steal the people. I mean, quieten them down and, and, and encourage them. Just an encouragement to see Brother Lamar walk into the glory class this morning. You know, it's a blessing. You know, listen, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I like old men of faith. Matter of fact, I'm becoming an old man of faith. Amen. Last night, I, my hair just kept itching and my head, my head. And I said, You know, I hope I didn't get lice up there at that motel. You know what my wife said? She said, they wouldn't live up there. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry, smiling jerk. Say amen. They wouldn't live up there. But anyway. God help us not to get so old and cantankerous that we lose our faith. God help us not get so used to this coming to church that we go through the motions. That we just, you know, try to get through it because our religious duty. Caleb was a man of faith. But he had a partner named Joshua. A Joshua went with him, and he saw different than the people. The average crowd is pessimist. The average crowd is pitiful. The average crowd of, these, of this wandering wilderness crowd was carnal, very carnal. But there was a Caleb, and there was a Joshua. 
I'm going to tell you something. You need spiritual authority in your life that has faith. You need leadership of the Lord that has faith. And Caleb stilled the people. But look at verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, be, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And the world is physically. And they brought up an evil report in the land, evil report of the land which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying, The land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that, are, that we saw in it are men of a great stature. They're giants. Look at verse 33. And there we saw the giants of the son of Achan, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So we're just grasshoppers compared to these giants. The business picks up in verse 5 of the next chapter, Numbers 14, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were at, uh, were at them, searched the land, rent their clothes, because the congregation said, we can't, we, can't, we can't possess it. There's no way we can beat these giants. And so they rent their clothes, which was a total shock and shame by these spiritual leaders. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which passed through to search it is an, is an exceeding good land. The Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give, us, give it to us in a land which floweth with milk and honey. He says, God has promised us not just to come out of Egypt, but to go into Canaan, which represents the abundant life. But I want you to notice verse 9. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. He said they're breakfast for champions. Praise God. We look at ourselves as grasshoppers. We look at ourselves, we can't make it, we'll never make it. You ever been around a pessimist? They feel bad when they feel good because they know they're going to feel bad sooner or later. That's pathetic. You ought to be the most optimistic people in the world because you're people of faith, say amen. amen. And folks, I don't go with uh, Oral Roberts says something good's going to happen to you. Something bad might happen to you, but I'm going to tell you something. If something bad happens to you, the God Almighty that lives in your soul is still with you. Amen. We ought to have faith in God, say amen. We ought to have faith in the Lord. What have faith to take new ground. What have faith to start churches. What have faith to go over in the mission field and give up our little football scholarship and uh, give it all to God. What to have faith to start Camp Rhino? What to have faith to, to do great ventures for God? What to have faith to witness on the job? What to have faith to win people to the Lord? Right. Sometimes we just look at ourselves as grasshoppers. We're just the low, you know, we're outnumbered and the world's so big and the world's got so many giants and the world's got such loud mouths. But I want to tell you something, Joshua was different. Caleb was different. And that brings me to our text. He said, I might be different, but I need some help. I might be different, but I need some help. And in verse 10 of Joshua chapter 1, he says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host. Command the people. Prepare you some 
victuals, and that's Southern, uh, that's King James language for food, praise God. Probably collard greens and mashed potatoes. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan, which was a miracle, and go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Does that sound like grasshopper philosophy to you? No, I believe that's a champion speaking. I believe God has called us all to lead by example like Joshua. We now need to be leaders not only of wisdom. Back in verse 8, the Bible says it very clearly that first of all, if you're going to be a spiritual leader, if you're going to be a faithful, loving leader, not a dictator, but I mean one that leads the flock and leads your family and leads people to the Lord, you need to have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil and have abundant, fruitful faith. And that's success. Look at verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, Thou shalt meditate therein night and day, and, or uh, day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and then shall thou have good success. I want to tell you something. You want to look at somebody successful? Look at somebody that live, lives by faith. You want to see somebody successful? Let, look at someone that's right in the middle of the will of God, knows the will of God, and lives the will of God. Say amen. You know, so many people feel sorry for these missionaries. You know, uh, this young man right here has grown a foot since I've seen him. And I saw him a year ago. Praise God. That's a gospel truth. You know, he is growing up. And all he knows is Africa. This is his roots. He's really a Tunnel Hillite. That's what he really is. Amen. He's, he's from Tunnel Hill. He don't really realize it, but he is from Tunnel Hill. His mama's not from Tunnel Hill. His mother's from the other side of the world. But I don't say you want to look at a successful man. It's not because they're a missionary. It's because they have a mission of faith. And they stay in the book. And I call him successful. And you say, well, I don't think you ought to lift up people. Well, we lift up Kobe, don't we? He died in a helicopter going to a ball game on Sunday. We lift him up, don't we? But I want to tell you something. We ought to lift up the man of God that gives up something and goes out and, and starts something and does something eternal. Say amen. That's more important than throwing a ball through a hoop. Don't get me started on that. I don't know who brought that up. But anyway, I want you to know this, man. Success. What is Success. Success is being, what is prosperous? It's finding God's purpose and will from the word and totally submitting to it. That is the definition of success. Say amen right there. It's not making money. It's not being popular. It's not feeling good all the time. It's not having three cars in the carport and, and two on the, uh, uh, somewhere else. It's, it's, it's being fulfilled and a fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. What's a successful bird? One that flies, not one that's in the water trying to swim like a fish. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, you need to find what God made you for. God made you for his glory. God made you for his honor. And God made you for his mission. And that's to win souls and to go out and do great things for God and live in Canaan and not the wilderness. We need to know our purpose. That's success. But we need to yield to our purpose or his purpose. That's priority. Purpose determines priority. You've got to find your purpose. You need to know where you're going. I'll tell you the most frustrating thing. And y'all can tell my life's great if this is the most frustrating thing in my life. The most frustrating thing in my life is trying to decide where to Come on. If you've ever been to Pigeon Ford, it is the 
eating fat kingdom of, 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 the, of the southeast. You go down a stretch of, uh, of, of stores, and it's not a stretch of stores. It's one restaurant, one restaurant, one restaurant, one restaurant. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't decide where you're going to eat before you launch out, you're going to wander in the wilderness. <laughs> Italian, no. Meat and three, no. Mexican, yes, but no. And you're sitting there wandering around. When I had four kids at home, we would, we would eat at home and sometimes we'd go back home and sometimes we'd go through the drive-thru just to punish them because nobody could make up their blooming mind. Now I want to tell you something, friend. You're going to wander in the wilderness if you don't decide where you need to go before you leave the driveway. And early, young men, you ought to realize God didn't call you to be some popular basketball player. God didn't call you to be some macho athlete. God didn't call you to be some rich businessman. God called you to be a Joshua. God called you to be a Caleb. God called you to take new ground. God called you to be in the victorious Christian life. God called you to win souls. God called you to glorify his precious name. That's it, bottom line. You're not a success. By the way, you're the biggest failure in the world if you're successful out of the will of God. Come on, help me out now. I need help this morning. I couldn't even turn the page right on the little clicker. Brother Jack said, page, no, point three, point three, point three. I said, now I know how Cody feels when I'm hollering at him on Wednesday night, amen. <laughs> point two, and I said, but I was in another world on this message. He thought I was asleep, but I was not asleep, Jack. I love changing that clicker. I love it. It's good. It's a good tool. Some of us old people would never get to the next verse if we didn't have it up on the wall. Amen. Some of y'all old people. But we're redeemed to go. We're redeemed to, listen, we're saved from, but we're saved for. I'll repeat that truth. We're saved from, but we're saved for. Say amen. So a lot of you got saved because you don't want to go to hell. That's very wise. But I want to tell you something, friend. God didn't call you just cross the Red Sea. God you, called you to cross the Jordan River. And that's never in the Bible reference to death because there's no enemies in heaven. Say amen. All you gospel singers are singing that song. Whew. Psalms 1 tells us that we ought to delight in the Word of God day and night as Brother Jason taught that great message yesterday on devotions, how to have home devotions, why we ought to have home devotions as couples. It was great. And folks, the reason is God wants to plant you by the rivers of water, but he wants your leaf not to wither. And it, whatsoever you do, it, it'll prosper. I'm glad I'm planted, but folks, I'm not stale and I'm not stagnant. And I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to get excited even on cha time change Sunday morning about preaching the word of God. And about you being here. This is a tremendous crowd, congregation, because I've had about 17 people call me that are homesick. we got more people watching online than we do here. I'm thankful for that. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. I was getting discouraged for a while there. I said, man, I hope somebody's going to show up. And then the Lord reminded me, you ain't preaching for them, you're preaching for me. That, that helps. And so, number one, you need to be saturated with the Word of God. You're going to be a spiritual leader. 
Number two, you need to be submissive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the Word. Look at verse 10. Then, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, Look at the word then. Folks, it's then after he was encouraged. Three times. Three times. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Be strong. Be of good courage. And folks, you say, why would Joshua need that? You just saw what he sat through. They say, hey, listen, we're just grasshoppers. They'll kill us. They'll smash us in the ground. They'll wipe us out. We cannot take the land, Joshua. He saw the rebellion. Moses on the mountain. Spending time with God, getting God's word. Comes down and they build a, a calf. He saw Korah and his group rebel. He saw all that. And folks, as an assistant pastor, that would help you say, I hope I'm never a pastor. I saw how they treated my pastor, Brother Paul, and how they rebelled and how they talked about it. And I, I resigned the ministry because of that. And again, God brought me back into it. I got to start this church. Folks, listen. He commanded them. He didn't go to the officers and take a vote. I don't, I, don't, I don't get a vote from the deacons on how I run this church. Now, that might offend you, but I, God's called me to be the Joshua. We don't have a committee to run this church. God's never called a committee to run nothing except a long meeting. But I'd be a fool not to think that I didn't need them, that I didn't need their wisdom, that I didn't need their help. And so he looks at the officers. He looks at the other leaders and said, I can't do this by myself. We was packing up yesterday and I said, I should have delegated better. I'm about dead before I get there. Trunks packed, overflowing. Miss Connie's getting up early making the coffee. I said, what are we doing this for? We ought to be too good for this. No, I didn't say that. She's got a servant spirit. I thank God for a wife that has a servant spirit. She wants to serve y'all. She's always in there doing. And she made me haul this bunch of water every 10 minutes because y'all drink so much water. Praise God, but I need some help. And I asked for help. And I'm going to tell you something. That whole place got cleaned up. Brother Alex took everything in his truck back to the church. I didn't have to worry about a thing. It was just a blessing. I need help. I don't ask for help much. But I want to tell you something. I can't do it all. You can't do it all. We need each other. That's a church. Say amen. Wouldn't it be awful if I had to get up here and lead singing? Brother Eddie Keegan has to lead singing every day, every Sunday, because he ain't got no song leader. I thank God for Brother Randy Team. I thank God for his enthusiasm. I thank God for his voice. I thank God for his uh, admonition to, to have a good song service, not just go through the motions. That's, you know what he does this for? He's pumping you. Can't pump water from a dry well, say, man, you better come filled up. He had a message. Folks, he commanded them to listen. You know why? Because God commanded him to listen. You deserve a message from heaven. But I'm going to tell you something. I deserve and God deserves you to listen to it as from heaven. And he deserves allegiance, faithfulness, he deserves enthusiasm. He deserves worship. Wasn't that a great 
choir special, oh my, I'd come just for that. But I'm glad we got more than singing. He commanded them. He said, prepare. Get your food together. The manna is stopping. We're going to have to do it ourselves. We're going to get it. We're going to work. And then he gave a message to the eastern tribes in verse 12. He said, and the Reubenites and the Gadites, half the tribe of the Massa, uh, uh, Manasseh, spake Joshua saying, and I could tell you that there were borderline Christians and they're going to get kept. They're going to get captured first. They're going to be overcome by the Assyrians first. But I want to give you the way they started out positive. And you know what he said to those old jokers? To those kind people in those three tribes, three, two and a half tribes that borderlined? He said, remember. Remember. Remember the word which Moses, thy servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest, has given you this land. You know what? I believe that we could take some new land around here and we could live the abundant life if we just remember where we came from. Where did God find you? You know, it's only the grace of God you didn't bust hell wide open. God saved you. God saved you. He called you out of Egypt. You could be a puppet of the devil and a puppet of the world right now. And some people are, we know. Wandering in the wilderness. Griping, complaining, and murmuring. That's what this group was doing. And they were saying, we're just grasshoppers. Thank God. Somebody brought a Joshua in your life. Maybe it was a daddy. Maybe it was a granddaddy. In my case, it was a grandmama that had the faith to say, son, God's got a plan for your life. <laughs> Best friend you'll ever have is a Joshua that will come in your life and say, hey, don't settle. Don't settle. With this mundane religion, little dab do you come to church when you feel like it. You know, some people were very sick at that retreat, and I appreciate their attitude. They stayed there and listened. They weren't contagious or we'd have kicked them out or put a mask on them anyway, praise God. That had been funny, all of us showing up with masks on like China. God help us. He remembered and reminded them of what? Look at verse 14. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren, armed almighty men of valor, and help them. And he said, I want to tell you something. You can remember and verse 13 says twice, uh, once, he says, God's given you rest. God's rescued your soul. God's redeemed your soul. And then verse 14, he says, now that you're blessed, be a blessing. I want to tell you why you ought to serve God out of gratefulness. Come on. Not obligation. You ought to serve him out of gratefulness. How many glad to be here this morning? Say Amen. Your house could have been overtaken by a tornado this week. Your grandchildren could have been taken. Your wife could have been taken. You could have been taken. And folks, we probably hadn't even crossed our mind, but I'm going to tell you something. God spared your life this week. And you ought to come into the presence of God with thanksgiving, praise, hallelujah, rest. 
He's not finished with you yet. Say amen right there. The only thing you've got to look forward to is a blooming ball game this afternoon. I feel sorry for you. The only thing you've got to look forward to is trying to decide where you're going to eat when you leave this place. Decide before you leave. Don't wander around in Calhoun. Blessings brings obligations. They were not spoiled. We're not careful we're going to raise a spoiled generation. This entitlement junk. Socialism is of the devil. You ought to work. You say that's political. No, that's biblical. You don't work, you don't eat. Come on, say amen. Some of y'all say, I don't believe you ought to get so political in the pulpit. Hey, mind your own business. God laid this message on my heart. I'll say what I want to say. Then I'll apologize if it's out of the will of God. And it has been sometimes. But I want to tell you something, folks. We're not entitled for anything. We're to be blessed. And then we're to be a blessing. We're to work hard. We're to yield. We're to die to self. That's what the River Jordan represents, dying to self. Folks, the last time I checked, it's hard to die to self. We want what we want. We want our kingdom. We want our domain. But folks, you can rest and be successful in the precious will of God. Let me close. My time's up. My time's up. One day my time will be. try to preach every message as if it's my last. But look at verse 13. Excuse me. Let's go on down and save time. Verse 6, 15. Until the Lord hath given you brethren rest. There's that rest again. And has given you that you may also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of Jordan towards the sunrise. Moses commanding them. He's tough. He, hey, he's drawing the line. He's saying, hey, get with it. Suck it up. Hey, why don't you grow up is what he's saying. Don't just bast on the west side of the Jordan River. Praise God. Get with it. If God's blessed you, and guess who led the, the, the troops around the walls of Jericho? These two and a half tribes. They were the leaders. They messed up later. But praise God. Look at this verse 16. And they answered Joshua saying, I love this response. All that thou commanded us, we will do. Whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Amen? That's a reasonable your spiritual leader ought to be spiritual. You ought to expect me to live what I preach. My talk should not exceed my walk. If it does, I'm not qualified to be your pastor because I cannot lead you by example. And y'all pray for me because I need it. And some of y'all had not prayed for me today. And some of you have. And I appreciate it. The promise and the response. And then we see the plea and the prayer in their response.
Joshua, just be a man of God like Moses. Just be a man of faith. Just be a man of courage. And then we see not only the plea and the promise, but I see the, the punishment in verse 18. Whosoever he that doth rebel against thy commandments. That's pretty, that's pretty stout right there. And will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Holy following the Lord is a great price to pay. Jacob, excuse me, Caleb and Joshua holy followed the Lord by faith. The crowd looked on and said, we're just grasshoppers. We'll never make it. But Joshua looked over. And he was all, uh, him and Caleb was the only two. Caleb and him was the only two that had a vision. No, they're just breakfast for champions. They're like bread. We'll take them. We'll take them. Don't you love to be around a person that has a vision? Amen. I mean, you know, I've been around crowds that just said, oh, let's just maintain what we got and let's don't start no more classes and let's just keep our little fellowship intact. And God, help us. God didn't call us just to coexist. God called us to take new ground. God called us to see more souls. Two saved this past Wednesday. It's been about nine saved on Wednesday night in the last month or so. That, that makes a Baptist preacher shout. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I've been talking to preachers lately said they can't get anybody to come back on Sunday night. And, they, and, they, and they're just moaning and complaining and they call up and say, what about y'all? Are y'all going down to us? No, we're not going down. Praise God, it's the best year. He said, you know, I, I read all this. God's hands on your ministry. And I said, God's hands on his ministry. If I'll stay out of the way, God will work. And folks, we take that for granted, but I want to tell you something, friend. The reason God does anything is by faith. They wanted to stone anybody that didn't follow him. Don't go that far, say amen. Don't do that. The great prayer of Moses is found in Numbers chapter 14, and I don't have time to go into it, but I'm going to summarize it, but I want you all to read the greatest prayer in the Old Testament. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a guaranteed answer of your prayers if you'll study Numbers 14, but I'm just going to give you the gist of it. In Numbers chapter 14, after he said their bread, Moses said, how long will this people provoke me? And How long will it be? Verse uh, 11 and then 12, he says, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. God said, I'm just going to disown them. Uh, you know, and then God didn't. But I want to tell you something. Then Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it. I'm going to tell you what Moses did for the next five or six or seven or eight nine verses he said I want to remind you God your reputation is at stake I want to pray for your glory and I want you to be merciful and I'm going to tell you something he still wiped them out but look in verse 29 what happened because God's man said Lord let me remind you if you wipe out that whole crowd your name's at stake 
because the Egyptians are going to hear about it. The world's going to hear about it. And I just want to remind you, your glory is at stake. Folks, if you want your prayers answered, pray to God that he'll be glorified through the answer. Or don't pray at all. But I want you to look in verse 29. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. Carcasses shall be fall in the wilderness. And all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, there's the mercy, which I have murmured, which have murmured against me, they're going to die in the wilderness. And doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear unto make you dwell therein, save Caleb and the son of Jephthah, and Joshua the son of Nun. Hey, that's a promise. No wonder Joshua had so much confidence. But look at verse 31. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. And as for you, verse 32, Numbers 14, you with me, class? It says, as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and Bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. God answered Moses' prayer. Because, folks, everybody under 20 years old grew up, and that's the army that Joshua was speaking to, and they took the new land, and they had victory. Folks, I want to tell you something. Don't get down on Moses. Moses prayed, and God's children, 20 and under, were spared to go into the land. Now listen, friend. The next generation has no hope unless they see a Joshua in this room. The next generation has no hope unless some Caleb stays by the stuff, brother, and don't quit. It's faithful, prayerful, believing God, loving God. Old Lester Olaf, you say, no place to stop, no place to park. And folks, that was my heroes when I was being raised, Brother Jim. To see a John R. Rice or Lester Olaf, B.R. Lakin. And folks, they weren't, they were just men. But they were men that believed God. And there were men that saying, let's Take that mountain. Father, use this message. I preach from my heart this morning. And I can tell your people have listened from the heart. And it's thrilled my soul the way your people have listened. It encourages my heart to keep on preaching. There's probably 8,000 messages I preach from this pulpit, this, this building, anyway. And God, every time somebody listens, it encourages me. Every time somebody responds, I'm not talking about just an altar call, but I'm talking about going out living by faith and living with victory and living with a new desire and enthusiasm for you. Not my church, not our church, but your church. Not my leadership, but your leadership. Lord, you're our Joshua. You're our king. And you're a perfect king and you're a perfect master and you're a loving father. You sure have blessed us.
And now, dear Lord, help us to be a blessing by stepping out by faith.